everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Talk Photo. I'm one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me as always is Jack Graham. Good afternoon, John Good. Peterson. Good What's afternoon, you? yes. Jack and I are actually in the same location today, which is pretty awesome. Different rooms, just so we don't get feedback, kitchen. but we're in the same location, working through a bunch with of stuff. With the dog, yeah. So you might hear a dog coming up a little bit because we love dogs here at We Talk Photo. Something really smells good in this house. I know. I'm kind of making some dinner tonight because, you know, I'm batching it here with my wife traveling. So I have to be Mr. Mom while she's away. It's good. good It is good. It is good. Well, today we have another wonderful guest, uh, highly entertaining Extremely experienced and uh, and just a wonderful guy to be around. We have Mr. Chris Klapik with us. Chris is the uh, founder and owner of Outdoor Photo Gear. Hi, Chris. How are you guys doing today? Well, You're a good photographer. You're supposed to always say he's a good photographer, too. Well, okay, he's, yeah, you are a good photographer, yes. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's one of the best bird photographers uh, I know, so I put him right up the top of the uh, food chain with the birds. I appreciate you guys having me on today. And uh, I'm sitting here, while you guys are on the West Coast, I'm sitting here in snow-covered Kentucky of all places. That's crazy. Uh, You're in Louisville. How much snow do you get? Oh, we've got about an inch and a mass panic, you know? Really? (laughs) Well, it is uh, November. It is the winter, so... That's the deal. I want to thank you for taking some time. I know you're busy coming into this time of the year. Things are picking up, hopefully, and uh, I know uh, you're a busy guy. So thank you for taking uh, taking the time. For those of you who don't know, uh, Chris and I are good friends as well as, uh, as uh, John and I. Chris are all good friends here, and as well as uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, doing this podcast with Chris. Uh, Chris and I both went to Indiana. I think, Chris, you were a little bit behind me. I'm a little bit older than everybody in the world. But we have a lot in common uh, uh, in terms of um, enjoying sports and other stuff other than photography. But we're not going to bore you guys with that. Um, You know, Chris has got his uh, ear, eye, and and everything else um, in the industry. And I think... We'll start out maybe talking a little bit about how, what, what the, what's going on here. It's, it's a really tough time for the for the camera manufacturers, the retailers, and I guess for you guys. Is that not a fact? It 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 is. The last few years have, have been uh, tough in the business. Um, as you mentioned, we're at least coming into the holiday season, and we usually have a pretty slow summer uh, that usually starts picking up in September, and we'll keep on picking up all the way through January. Um, uh, our store is a little bit different. We do not sell cameras or lenses. We figured uh, uh, taking all that capital, we could carry a whole bunch of different accessories. So what we try to sell is everything that goes with the camera and lens, and uh, therefore, we not only have a good December, but we usually have a pretty good January because people, if they get new cameras or lenses, they're usually buying the things that go with them, such as tripods and bags and accessories and things like that. So we have a slightly different season than a traditional retailer. 
Um, but we see, just like uh, regular camera dealers see, uh, a softening of the of the market, is particularly in the longer lens category, which is my favorite category because I'm a bird photographer. But that's probably where we've seen the most softness uh, in this industry is in the, the heavy long lens type thing. People don't want to carry that stuff around anymore. Well, I also think that the uh, camera business, being as it is, is starting to show up in lens sales as well overall. Um, as everybody probably knows that has read anything, that, that people aren't buying cameras like they were anymore, and I think – Thank the iPhone and some other things for that, but um, it's starting to show up in the lens business, and that's not a good thing. And I'll have to say that I did pick up the new iPhone, the 11 Max, and I hadn't upgraded in several generations. But of course, the the phone when it was announced is really kind of pitched as a camera that also makes phone calls, and right. that's how I, that's how I view it. And I must say. Just walking around the woods with this thing, and I think I sent you a few snaps and showed you a few things. The, the new wide-angle feature on the new yeah. is phenomenal. It yeah, just I saw that. You were, Chris was down with us for a day at the Smoky uh, Summit, Smoky Mountain uh, Photo Summit last week, and uh, I got to see his iPhone stuff, and it's, 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 it really is scary, you know. Well, so, they always say the best camera is the one you have with you. It is. John, why don't you? Uh, I know you have a list of questions here that you want to ask Chris. Why don't you go ahead? And well, of fire course. Well, I, well, I think Chris, kind of uh, going off of your earlier comment. I mean, because you're in the accessories business, and how closely does the accessory sales trend with new camera body sales? Because you know, I haven't bought a new body in a while, but I'm still buying accessories. You are, and most people are still, and and you know, and also there's been a rotation. To, to Jack's point, there has been a rotation in in lenses. That some of them, people, if they're not buying uh, bodies, they're still buying a lot of new lenses. And of course, the the emphasis has been on smaller, lighter lenses. You know, every time Canon comes out with a new large lens, it's several pounds lighter than the previous version, and some people will rotate into that. And it used to be that lenses held your value. You could have a you know ten year old lens and and sell it for about 90% of what you paid for. But now with this rotation into these new style lenses, old lenses are plummeting in value. Um, but to get back to your question, we do parallel what's going on in the industry. And my, my actually my favorite way to, to, to peg that is, it is take a, a company like Think Tank Photo, which is also Mindshift Gear now. They're all one company. And they have about 300 different SKUs or items, as, as wow. we call it. And so that's, you know, in addition to some accessories, there's at least 100 bags they have. And it's always fascinating to watch the change in the type of bag and the style of bag that is sold uh, throughout the years. And that can kind of give you a glimpse into what people are doing with their camera gear. And I'll give you an example. Three, four years ago, I used to sell these big rolling bags, I couldn't hardly keep them in stock. And that's to carry a lot of gear and long lenses. And I hardly sell any anymore. I sell mainly smaller backpacks and uh, some smaller shoulder bags. So the type of bags that are being sold now, I think mirror or mirror less, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, mirror what's going on in the, in, in the business itself. No doubt. And probably small, smaller tripods. 
a lot of smaller tripods, not super small. Uh, we, you know, we went through those Mi Photo tripods for a while that they were in all different colors, and that fad kind of came and gone. Yeah. And those super small Thank tripods. Uh, right now, I would say the best size it's it would be an upper medium one. You know, a, a three to four hundred dollar tripod, and you know, maybe five feet tall and and can hold maybe twenty pounds. That's probably the middle of the bell curve right now which tells me that's going a lot of people even though we all agree among ourselves that you can hardly have too big of a tripod because that's your best accessory most people don't want to carry around a large tripod so they're taking their fujis and their olympus and they're buying a a medium-sized tripod that they can uh, you know throw in their luggage or strap onto their backpack and carry around pretty you know it's, it's pretty scary john and i do a lot of workshops and we uh, and uh, Bill uh, Fortney, of course, um, who I love working with um, as well. We always notice people with big, big, uh, you know, DSLRs, and they're really skipping on the tripod stuff. And yeah, there's, I mean, they they got ten, twelve grand worth that. of camera gear sitting on top of a two hundred dollar tripod. Yes, and Jack, as you've always said, the absolute best thing you can do to improve your photography is buy a good tripod. Well, actually, it is. That's the second best thing you could do. First thing you could do is slow down. And pe- people that know me are sick of hearing that. But equally as important is a tripod because the tripod, yeah. guess what? It slows you down, <laughs> you know? It, uh, I, I tell you what I saw that kind of uh, entered that uh, foray into the that uh, two-week of a tripod business was when, when Sigma came out with their 150 to 600 at such a great price, a lot of people ran out and bought a longer lens, a longer zoom lens, mm-hmm. uh, 50 to 600, that normally didn't have that. So I was getting questions like, hey, I've got this Sigma 150 to 600. Can I put it on a $129 Manfrotto tripod? No. And, and no, you can't, but they didn't want to hear that. And so that that those inexpensive long lenses – really opened the door to a bunch of people that hadn't done a lot of long lens photography and did not appreciate the value of a big, strong tripod. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, technically you can fit it on there, but should you, or should you not? And, you know, obviously the answer is no. You shouldn't. Um, The other, the other thing is, is the way tripod specifications exist it, when they when they figure their weight that they can hold is they're pressing straight down on top of it and a, a, a small tripod can hold a good amount of weight straight down on it physics but they are they're not paying attention to the torque and the wind and everything else that goes into keeping your lens stable and so a pure weight threshold is not always the answer you know yeah. to a good tripod no, I like I like the word torque and how you use that. You know, you got a big long lens hanging off the front of a tripod, and the the torque that's going on the ball head as well as on the on the uh, legs themselves, it's greatly magnified with a big long lens off the front. It is, and those things catch the wind. Oh, and yeah. if you don't have a long lens, if you've got an expensive a hundred millimeter lens, you really don't want to risk risk it on a on a tiny tripod. I always tell people when they're shopping for tripods, uh, it, it's best to get your hands on them. I, I know that's not always the way it's done now, and, and we live in, on the Internet, so I realize that's not uh, what most people do. But if you do get your hands on it, 
don't just press down on it. Set that thing up and put your hands on two legs and twist. Rock that tripod back and forth. And the give on the legs will tell you a whole lot about the construction of the tripod. Oh, that's Hmm. pretty cool. Okay, enough about tripods. Let's talk about cameras. So, for folks who may not be aware of this, there was an article in, a, in an online magazine called Petapixel um, yesterday or the day before that I'm looking at as we do this uh, podcast. And it says, rumor claims Olympus will shut down its camera division within a year. Now, I don't know who this guy is that, that said this. It's from a post, something called Personal View uh, is there a, what, Chris, you again, you you got you have your ear all over the place. What do you know about this? Well, uh, the funny thing is, Jackie and I and Bill were riding around in the Smokies less than a week ago, and we were trying to actually say what's going to happen. Who do you think is going to bear the brunt first of a shrinking market? And darn if you didn't say Olympus, followed by Nikon. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't hear. A whole lot about it other than what you guys do just to, you know reading the trades and seeing the articles because my manufacturers are you know are not the camera manufacturers however i do talk to different reps from different uh, companies and and you know there's scuttlebutt but scuttlebutt just like any other industry and um i really didn't expect to see announcements like that this early but uh there they are so no. But I'm looking at this uh, this their revenue uh, Q2 revenue and they're down almost 20 percent. Yeah, now I do hear that, and you know a lot of other a lot of other manufacturers are too, not just camera manufacturers. So are some tripod manufacturers and bag manufacturers, and and you know I'll get a call every now and then, especially in the middle of summer when the crickets are chirping. You know, what do you hear out there? What do you see out there? That kind of stuff. Um, you're seeing. Uh, retailers friends of mine shifting their focus from selling brand new cameras to really allocating assets in the used market because just like cars there's a lot of much larger margin in in the used market and uh you're seeing a lot of people getting away from traditional camera retailing into this you know some of them are picking up audio some of them are uh, a lot of them are again uh uh, concentrating on the used market to make that up. So I, I hear bubblings about this. I, I tell you what I've heard the most, Just and we're going to go ahead and name names. I've got a buddy who's a very large camera dealer in the Midwest, and he used to say, oh, my gosh, my month used to be, you know, 40% Nikon, 40% Canon, and 10% everything else. He said, now my month is 60% Sony and 20% Fuji and 10% everything else or something, you know, like that. But the, uh, so I do think that pie, the way it's divided up is changing around, even though it's shrinking, it's changing away from Nikon and Canon and onto Sony and Fuji. I hear you. Yeah. Well, they're hear the you. ones that are really generating the excitement amongst the, the, non-Costco photographers, I don't know what to call them, but, you know, the the serious hobbyists and professionals, it's uh, Sony and Fuji are the ones that are that are getting all the attention right now. 
Well, they sure. are, especially Sony. Sony right now, yeah. and I said in my business, if, if uh, say, uh, oh, the guys, uh, Hoodman, the guys out in California that make the little rubber eyepieces for that are phenomenal for your camera to block out light. All I had to do was come out with something that said Sony on it, and and I couldn't keep it in stock. Wow. Mm. There's so many Sony cameras out there that are begging <laughs> for for accessories right now, and and the accessory people are just you know are finally starting to catch on. And anything that's got Sony in the name right now for an accessory sells quite a bit. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think this Olympus thing is I, – I actually think it's a little blown out of proportion because they've got a huge medical division. And uh, they can kind of – Well, the article did say, Jack, just the camera division. It says the closure is near for the Olympus camera division. Yeah. Yeah. Not as a company. I don't think the company is in it. No, no, no. But no. Icon, what is, all they make is cameras, right? Well, they they make a whole bunch of medical optics and all sorts of stuff. That, that In fact, most of their income is in the medical division. I see. Okay. Not, not in the camera division. Um, and, then, and then, of course, right below that article is another headline. This is a... It says Nikon says its cameras need to justify their existence as a business. When did that? When did they wake up? I mean, what shouldn't that have happened? You know, like when the first camera came out. <laughs> you would think, yeah. And then, and then to make to make matters worse, um, you know, above that, there's two articles. It says Nikon's D750 replacement coming in early 2020. Was there something wrong with the old 750? I guess they're going to update it with a you know a little bit bigger sensor and more autofocus. And, I, I think you've uh, got to do that just like cars. You've got to have a new bell or whistle to to, to keep churning that. Um, well, what I'm seeing, speaking of new bells and whistles, I I know three wildlife slash bird photographers that have moved from Nikon to Sony in the last year, and these are well-known people in the industry. Yep, I know who you're talking about, but what gets me is that you know they want to they want to they want to uh, have a meaningful camera. I mean, they they blew the they kind of blew the mirrorless stuff when they brought it out. Nikon. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, they're they're late to the party with that. They're going to bring out a D6. I'm sure the world needs that. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think they're throwing things against the wall and see what sticks. I, it, it's a scary time to be a be uh, a camera manufacturer right now. And Sony has figured it out. Fujifilm, they're smart. You know, they don't want to fight that battle. They, 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 they're doing their thing, and and they're they're doing a good job. These other guys, I, I don't quite know what they're doing but the, all I can tell you is if somebody's bringing out a new camera it better be a radically uh, new kind of kind of thing that that people want to go run to the stores and buy if it's a, a, a newer version of the old thing that's not enough difference well you know you say it's a bad time to be a camera manufacturer and that's true but it's a great time to be a camera consumer I mean mm -hmm. stuff that's coming out right Performance-wise, is just unbelievable, both in the camera body end and in the glass end, especially. It it's is fabulous. Lenses coming out at you know, Olympus glass is, is really quite good. I mean, their their lenses are their quality of lenses are. Really oh, it good. is, and and as soon as Sony kind of came up and started getting serious about some of their glass, not that it's you know top of the world, but it's still great. 
Um, well, as soon as, as, soon as they started getting serious, that's when more of these really uh, high-end photographers started moving over. That glass is the key, you know, and, and Nikon and Canon used to rely on their glass keeping people in their own ecosystems, but that's not holding true anymore. Glass and quick and, and autofocus uh, speed. Yeah. Autofocus has really improved, um, and, and, and again, the price performance. You, know, you used to have to shoot birds. You used to have to buy a $13,000 lens and a $1,500 tripod and a $500 gimbal head. And don't you know that, Mister? Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, I wish I was still selling them, but but the um, you know you can you can get set up now. I'm not talking about selling them. I'm talking about having them on your on your counter in your kitchen, watching the value go down every day. Every day, every day. But you can get started with a great kit for a third of that price now. Yep. yep. Yeah. And, and it's, so it's a great time to be a consumer. I mean, uh, us dealers, we just got to run faster on the treadmill because we're, you know, we're selling uh, stuff that doesn't cost nearly as much as it used to. And margins are shrinking. And, you know, obviously, and you're not going to, I'll stay away from the, the Amazon subject, but, you know, they charge me a, a very large percentage to be able to sell on there. And so the margins are shrinking for the dealers, but the consumers are having a field day. And, and actually, um, if I remember right, that dealer in the Midwest you were talking about, their income is a lot of it's coming from the used market. Am I correct? He's got way more people working in his used department than he does in his retail. Yeah. And, and obviously that's the largest part of his profit as well. Yeah, exactly. 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 And you, got, you know what? Now you're going to suffer like any other retailer in the used business you got to be careful so you don't get what we would call inventory bloat. You can't buy too much of of one thing, and you can't get stuck with it. So there's a lot of exchange of information there. However, what they're paying for a used camera is is not much, you know, because if somebody's done with a the camera, they're just done with it, you know. And so uh, the margin's very high on there, but you do have to be careful with your inventory, just like any business, you know, so you don't get loaded down with the wrong thing. What's the uh, what, in, in your in your particular business? What's the biggest selling category for you? Is it bags? Is it tripods? Is it? I used to be bags, hands down. But I, I will say, over the if you include things like L brackets and plates in the tripods, you know, let's call it camera support. Yeah. Um, bean bags, brackets. Uh, ball heads, tripods, I'd say that category is probably, if not even with bags, maybe ahead right now. Um, and again, though, that's due to the bell curve being a uh, two to $300 item, which used to be a $1,000 item. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so that I tell you, the L bracket business is crazy right now. It's uh it's a that's that's a great business right now. Um, I think I think people are finally seeing the wisdom of having an L bracket. You know, for many years, a lot of people didn't didn't understand them and didn't want them. And I see more and more folks with L brackets now, which is great. Yeah, and you used to have to get one made specifically for your camera, and it was several hundred dollars. But now you can get a and I put it in quotes a universal one. I mean, they, they're going to fit eighty percent of the cameras eighty yeah. percent of the time, but they're they're you know fifty nine dollars. Yeah, I put a universal on one of my Fuji cameras, and it's rocking wonderfully. 
Yeah, and and I tell you, there's a company we deal with called Three Legged Thing. They're getting ready to release pretty highly customizable set of L brackets where you can pick the <clears throat> plate and the side, and you know, they've got a little table would make you know to look up what you need for your camera. But um, they're they're cut customizing it per camera without the additional cost of having one made specially for that camera. Yep. So they're, they're hitting that uh, pretty good. I think that's uh, those brackets are called Ellie's E L L I E S. And uh, the customizable ones are coming out in about, uh, I think November 20th. I wonder if uh, somewhere there's a, uh, there's a uh, market share report for, um, Stuff like L brackets and that kind of thing. I guess somewhere there is, but be interesting to see where you know really right stuff and some of the high end companies are how they're doing versus stuff that's a third at a price and and quite yeah. good. Says. Well, you know, from what I've seen, you know, I, I've been a Gitzo dealer, an Enduro dealer, three legged thing, and and Benro, and and the middle of the bell curve now is more of a three legged thing and less. And less of enduro, um, and, and less of Gitzo. So I put really right stuff in there with Gitzo. You know, the the more expensive. Now there are people that are shooting long lenses that are gonna buy really right stuff no matter what, and, and good for them. You know, um, it's one of the best tripods made. But when you're talking sheer numbers of purchases, that's yeah. not your sweet spot. Right. Well, I I will tell you that. Um, all of my L brackets, except for about two or three that I've used over the years, have been really right stuff. Um, I went on, I guess, on Amazon and found some L brackets just for laughs that were about twenty to thirty dollars each, <laughs> and uh, I ordered five of them, and every one of them had a different. Uh, there was no consistency in the, in the manufacturing. And the way it fit into my um, Arca Swiss uh, ball head, every one of them was different. I would warn people to stay away from that. No yeah, I, I think, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't go in the 20, 30 range, but, you know, with some of these things from like three-legged thing, if you're in the $60 range, I think you're okay. Oh, by the way, they've got one, Jack, coming specifically for the Fuji, which has been a tough one because of the location of the doors. And uh, I'll be getting one to you here as soon as they get one to me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 of course, I'll get the invoice. No, <laughs> not this time around. Of course. Yeah. So, Chris, yeah. Chris, let me ask you, um, kind of a little bit dovetailing off of what Jack's question was, what are some of the hottest categories of accessories you're seeing these days? Is it, Are you seeing a shift recently? Um, what's Or what sort of tickled your fancy that's coming in that you guys are selling? I don't see anything brand brand new anymore uh, other than these L brackets um that that are super exciting over the past years i've seen uh, this year i mean um i, I haven't seen anything that knocks it, the socks off um over the past couple of years we've had some really hot uh, the company suray s-i-r-u-i made a 99 dollar carbon fiber monopod that that shrunk you know folded up to 11 inches and, and we've hmm. sold like crazy over the last few years the other thing that uh, really surprised me is we sell a glove called a heat system glove, and they're $200. Wow. 
I have them. Well, is anyone going to buy a two hundred dollar glove? Yes, they are because these things are great. I have them, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell John about them because John's going to Iceland this year, and uh, and uh, he better get these. They're amazing. They are. uh, The other thing that's been hot over the years are these Neos overshoes, and they're. uh, So they. They, uh, they're like, you know, they're not the old rubber galoshes your mom used to make you wear to grade school. These things are Gore-Tex. They weigh just a few ounces. And boy, they're, they're great, not just for photography. They're great for everything. But for some reason, photographers have glommed onto these things and, uh, for trips because they're easy to pack. You don't have to pack (laughs) heavy boots. And, uh, that's been a key. The best selling bag series right now. Um, is MindShift, which is, again, used to be a separate company from Think Tank Photo, but has now been merged. And they have a series of backpacks called the Backlight. There's several sizes, everything from 18 liters to 45 liters. But these things, you can pull the shoulder straps off, leave your waist belt on, swing it around in front of you. And why it's called the Backlight is you can zipper into it from the back of the backpack. You don't have to set it on the ground. And that's been by far the best selling backpack for over a year now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, it's funny. I've been looking at one of those, kind of, kind of wondering if I needed to add to my bag inventory. Well, bags are like shoes or purses, or I mean, you, you know, you've got. Yeah, I got to cut down on my purses, purses too. Purses. I've you know? literally got a, a, a closet. Literally, you know, every, tri- every trip you take, it seems like you need a different bag. Yeah. <laughs> Well, trust me, I, I like that. I like that. I like selling bags. We, we belong to the, go wrong. the bag of the month club here. So, yep, that we do. Chris, uh, yeah. remote controls. Remote you controls for you're I, talking I, about I shutter want people to use. I want people to use lens hoods. I want them to use, uh, you know, re, some kind of a. Something to trigger the shutter, whether it's a cable or it's a you know wireless thing, mm-hmm. because it's not one thing; it's the sum of all parts that really can make quite a bit of difference in your uh, image taking. And you know, it's a it's an amazing thing. Even though you have a, tri- a camera on a tripod, if you press that sh- on certain cameras, if you press your shutter down the wrong way, your tr- your camera's going to move. Sure, mirrorless or not, your camera's still going to... And, of course, that goes back to the tripod and the mount as well. It does. Um, But I see it all the time, and uh, I'm curious about remotes. What do you... you, uh, How do you feel about that? Well, that's gotten streamlined, which is good, because, you know, every camera had a different port, you know. So when you sold a cable remote, you had to have one for a Nikon, one for a Canon, one for a olympus and even among those camera manufacturers sometimes you had to have a different one for a different nikon um because of the the port that i think they call it the pc port in Mm -hmm. in the camera um so it made it horrible for the consumer and horrible for the retailer to carry you know you got to carry 20 different kind of shutter releases um now that's kind of been streamlined uh photix p-h-o-t-t-i-x makes a shutter remote and timer and does all kinds of stuff for your camera. Um, it's called an Aon, A-I-O-N. And they include in the box, thankfully, instead of having 10 different kinds of Aons, they include every little plug in there for almost 90% of the cameras. Oh, really? So uh, yeah. it is a wireless remote, but it still has to have a receiver, right? So it's got a little receiver um, that clips on your camera and plugs in your camera, and then the remote is wireless. Um mm-hmm. 
I am seeing in some of the software, though, that where you can use your phone to trigger your cameras. You well. can if you have uh, the Fujifilm system. Yep. Mm-hmm. Phone with their uh, their That's really cool, yep. their new the revised new uh, new app is super. Yep. And by the way, you can do your upgrades, your your firmware upgrades now through your phone with Fujifilm. I just did that. I was surprised and made it so much easier. It was great. Yeah. I thought I thought photos. I thought they made lights. No, they do. They make all kinds of stuff. They uh, uh, make soft boxes, lights. They they really for a long time really uh, killed it in these um, the pocket wizard style flash triggers where you know you'd put a trigger and a receiver on trigger on your camera and receivers on all your flashes and you could keep your flashes mm. off the camera. We we don't do a lot of that. That's mainly you know a lot of studio stuff. That's starting to be built into more cameras now, so that that's kind of softened it. But Photix makes everything from light stands to flash triggers to remotes to to soft boxes. They make all kinds of stuff, and and, and it's all free stuff. I think there's a big difference in quality in these wireless remotes. Or are they all pretty much the same? Um, I couldn't tell you because I've not really fooled with some of the real inexpensive wireless remotes. I think I think where you're going to get in the super inexpensive ones you might see on Amazon is is compatibility problems, yeah. where you're better off spending you know seventy five bucks or whatever they cost right now, and and get all the cables and then you're set. You can change cameras if you want to. You could you know go to your friend's house and use their camera. You, you just get one that's compatible with 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 all cameras, and that Photix one is. How about video stuff? You you selling video accessories? The funny thing about video and consumers is once you label a bag or a tripod video, like Me Photo came out with Me Video, it just does not seem to sell because the even though a lot of people are doing video on the consumer end, uh, they're just using their their camera and their regular camera gear, and the true videographers are not buying consumer stuff. They're buying you know, industrial stuff. And that's a whole different business with a whole different set of manufacturers. So mm-hmm. uh, to give you an idea, Think Tank came out with some wonderful bags that they marketed toward video users and they were great bags, but they never sold them. They don't even, they don't even have them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. I, it, it, I always tell man, tripod manufacturers that don't call your, your tripod a, a video tripod, if anything, call it a hybrid or something like that. Because yeah. once you put that tag on there, the customer runs away. The consumer customer runs yeah. away. No, I get it. Because many of us just we self-identify as a photographer and, oh, I maybe do a little video. So I don't want to buy anything that's video specific. I totally get why that's happening. Yeah, and the video guys are buying yeah. – you know, they're working for production houses mainly, you know, and, and they're buying a whole different set of – you know, tripods. It's and, commercial and quality, as you bags. said. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get yeah. it. I get it. I mean, but that being said, if you wanted to buy a video head for your existing tripod, you can spend a couple hundred bucks for either get a Suray or a three-legged thing video head and fabulous stuff for, for, for not too much money. So you can get into that should you want to. But uh, normally those two don't cross other mm-hmm. than casually. Well, Chris, you know, we're, we're going to um, like to have you back maybe, uh, you know, down the road. But we do have Christmas coming, and 
you know, for those of you who either want to buy yourself a Christmas present or have your better half or friends or whoever buy you some Christmas presents, I can't think of a better place to go than outdoor photo gear. So maybe the thing to do before we bang this uh, bang this one out, uh, tell everybody how we can find you. And maybe if you have anything that I don't, I don't, you probably have you done your Black Friday stuff yet? Well, I was I was getting ready to say. <laughs> first of all, you can find us. At, you know, Google outdoor photo gear or outdoorphotogear dot com, and um, we also have a presence. We're a seller on Amazon as well, and you can look us up that way. Um, but we like to sell stuff on our own website the best, and we we ship just like Amazon. We ship the same day that the order comes in out out of, out of a warehouse here in the Midwest. It's amazing, by the way. And I'm not just saying that because you're you're here and and we know each other well, but your your shipping is second to none. Well, and, I'll tell the- and customer service. <laughs> I'll add customer service onto that too. Is is I've had a chance to work with them a couple of times and over the top pleased with with yeah, the responsiveness. Fifteen years. It's been about fifteen years, and I've actually got a lot of the same crew that I've had the whole time. And we will, just like a traditional retailer. I mean, you can look look for us on Black Friday. We'll have a bunch of stuff on sale for Black Friday. And then at the very end of the year, we'll probably have a blanket sale, you know, uh, right before we do inventory. So right after Christmas, and if you're looking to just get something for yourself, I'd, I'd rather ship everything out of the warehouse and not have to count it on New Year's Day. So <laughs> that's that'll be the gist of our promotions, you know, after Christmas. But we'll do... Black Friday, we'll pick ten or twelve things, and you know, try to blow them out at a good, good price. Terrific. Well, Chris, I got to tell you, uh, it's a it's a pleasure having you on on our podcast, and um, I, I encourage everybody to uh, check check out outdoor photo gear, and I guarantee you, you're not uh, not going to go wrong. And I, I ha- if you you know, if, if you don't own these Dios boots, folks, just buy them. Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll put yeah. a link up on the show notes to a couple of the products we talked about. Neos is one yeah. of them. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll get you whatever links you want, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll put them up. Yeah, there. they are definitely a must-have. You don't have to be a photographer, trust me. I keep a pair hanging in your garage. It's a whole lot easier than putting on some big clunky boots if you got to, you know, just take the garbage out or something. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't take the garbage out. In well, fact... I do very little that gets my hands dirty. So Jack's got people there for my lovely wife. Maybe that would be the thing to do. And and your drive is only a hundred feet, Jack. I mean, mine's a quarter mile. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Hey, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'll be around. You'll be around. We'll talk soon, everybody. John, you want to do the exit? Uh, Talk or you want me sure, to? Sure, no, I'm happy to. So, uh, as usual, if you guys have any questions, comments, funny jokes, or any suggestions, drop us an email at wetalkphoto at gmail.com. Always uh, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google, whatever it may be. And if you guys feel so inclined, give us a review if you would, because reviews help our podcast get more popular. So, you know, the more people that listen, the more stuff that we can do. So with that, Chris, thank you so much, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a good day. Okay, Chris, see ya. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.